And I'm going to finish up our series entitled New Year, New You. And last week, I got started on something I want to finish today because I felt like we hit the bullseye, the target of what God wanted to say for this year. Look what it says in, in, in 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 14. It says, do not be unequally yoked together with unbelievers, for what fellowship has righteousness with lawlessness, and what communion has light with darkness? Just to break that down real quick, we'll start from the bottom and work our way back up. Um, what communion has light with darkness? Well, absolutely none. So if we shut the lights off in this room, we have no outside source of light, it'd be pretty dark, correct? But the moment we turn the lights back on, what happens? Light comes, and light always champions darkness. Isn't that awesome? The moment light comes on the scene, darkness has to dissipate, and darkness has to flee. It has to go. Um, what fellowship has righteousness with lawlessness? None, because doing right and doing wrong are two different things. But the beginning of the verse is something that most people are familiar with. It says, do not be unequally yoked together with unbelievers. A yoke was something they put upon um, two oxen, two horses, two donkeys, whatever the case may be, for the particular task at hand. And so you would, never, you would never unequally yoke an animal. So you wouldn't put an ox with a horse, per se, right? Because they're two different power sources. They are two different height structures. They do two different functions, right? One's fast, one's strong. So, so you wouldn't do that. That's called being unequally yoked together. But it says being unequally yoked together with an unbeliever. Sure enough, that does mean people who do not know Jesus Christ as the Lord and Savior. That's an unbeliever. But even more than that, it's people that I see in our lives that are non-believing people. In other words, they believed enough to get saved. They're Christians. They're going to heaven. But boy, anything else that that Bible says about what their faith should be, man, they struggle with it. They struggle with healing. They don't know if God wants to heal them. Don't know if God wants to prosper them. Come on, y'all. Don't, don't know if they're supposed to have a good life or a bad life. I call that a non-believer. They just don't believe. And God says you got to pick the right people in your life because Amos 3.3 says, can two walk together unless they are what? Agree. What's the answer to that? No. You can't walk north and south at the same time. If you're not in agreement, you can't go together on the same path. If you, if you do try to yoke together and one's going north and south, you're going to push against each other and be in a big old circle the whole time like in a tug of war. You can't do that. But if you'll come into the power agreement, you can certainly walk together, network together, work together, and be together. There are certain kinds of people, church, that we need to be aware of while we're moving into 2019. I wrote down some. It's part of my study from a few years back, but I want to use it again today. Uh, number one, a type of person in your life might be the part-timers, the part-timers. Now, <laughs> these are people who start but never finish. They're your fair weather friends. Come on, somebody. They're there when things are going good. <laughs> but when things and trouble comes, you might not see them for a few days. These are surface-level relationship type of people. They're not deep people. They're not trying to be deep. They don't want to go deep with you. Uh, they just want to hang out with you when things are going well. And as soon as they see problems in your life, they're gone. They're only there when there's an excitement going on, when there's an attraction of fun or some sort of drama, some type of excitement. That's when they show up. We can find this same scenario with the kind of friends the prodigal son chose. The prodigal son had all he wanted, and he was a very wealthy man, and he asked his father for his inheritance. Father gives the inheritance, and he goes right into town to go do what? To go and party it up, hang out, have a good time, and guess what? He started with no friends and then would end up with a whole lot of friends. But these weren't just covenant. These weren't covenant friends. These were part-time friends. They were there as long as the beer was flowing. Come on, somebody. As long as the record was playing. As long as the dance floor was lit up. Come on, y'all. 
And as long as somebody else was paying the bill, that's when they were there. They were, I'm your best friend. Aren't we best friends? Can you buy me five bucks? Come on, somebody. That's, what, that's like the product. And as soon as the money ran out, guess what else ran out on him? Them fair-weather part-time friends in his life. They were nowhere to be found. And now he's struggling to live, trying to eat just the, the food that the farmer was feeding the pigs. Ain't nobody trying to help him. Ain't nobody got a couch for him to lay up on. Nobody. Come on, somebody. So that I don't want people like that in my life. I don't want a part-timer. If I spend time with you, I want to know that there's a loyalty between us, and you're going to be there through thick and thin no matter what I'm going through. Come on. Amen. And, and then the second group of people that might be in your life are called the critics. The critics, they tend to be self-righteous people. In other words, they're the type of people that might speak the truth, but they do not speak it in love. They're the I told you crowd. I told you so crowd. They're the type of people that want to tell you what's right, what's wrong. They themselves may not live it, but they, they know how to tell everybody else how to live it. I call them pharisaical people. They're Pharisees. Come on. Why are these critics? What do they do? Because they'd rather, they'd rather be right in their life, be right in telling you, than love you through your problem. Let me just say, you can either be right or you can do right. That might be a song. You can either be right or you can do right. In other words, being right may not be the right thing all the time. In other words, I'm, I might say this is my position where I stand. I know I'm right. But when you start putting that pressure on other people and saying they're wrong and you're right, you might be wrong. I can't say that again. You have to get that by the Spirit. Are, are you all flowing with me so far? So I'd rather do right. Do right sometimes mean keep my mouth shut even though I have the right answers, even though I might want to say something. I may have the right answer but not have the right to speak it in their lives. So I need to do right and be in a place of prayer. Come on, somebody. I said, come on, somebody. Maybe I just need to shut my mouth. Come on. Because these people never just hear you. They judge you and they say, I told you so. They love to go, well, I tried to tell you. I'm thinking, what did you try to tell me? But critical people, they remind you of things they told you that you can't even remember they told you. So I'm not convinced they actually told me. <laughs> the third type of people in your life, they're the party people. And the party people, these people are warm, they're fun, and they're loving. Man, they're the life, I, call them, I should call them the life of the party people, because they're the life of the, you enjoy being around them, they make everything better. Man, they are the icebreakers at, at your parties or at your home when you have couples together. They're the first one, that, they don't know any strangers, come on. These people are warm, fun, loving, they really do care, but they're difficult to fully trust. Why? Because they live for the moment. In the moment, never thinking about the consequences. We, I've said this before. If you have these kinds of friends in your life, you're usually apologizing for them all the time. You're usually paying, paying for their irresponsibility. Come on, someone, making excuses for them or covering for them because they always seem to put their foot in their mouth, do something wrong, and you're like, wait, you don't understand them. you got to know their heart. And if you really knew their heart, y'all looking at me like you know exactly what I'm talking about. And we love them. We really do. But they're always getting us in trouble. Come on, somebody. They're fun, but they can't be your confidant. They can't be the one you share. And everybody needs to understand, in 2019, you need somebody that you can share things with. But it might not be them because when they come into your life, you know that they're not going to be responsible. 
Come on, I said this morning, if I had a Chinese, one of those beautiful painted Chinese eggs, worth thousands of dollars, Fabergé eggs, and they're so, so, like, uh, they're fragile. And you just, if you just move them too much, they'll crack and break. And I said, hey, Pito, hey, catch this. Check, take a look at this. Come on, how many knows I'm the fool? But if I knew Pito and he was closer to me, he was closer to me. Come on now. And he was closer to me. I could easily hand it. Hey, would you take a look at it? Don't go too far now. Don't go too far. Look at it. Now, don't look too hard on it now. But what, isn't that beautiful? Thank you so very much. And take it right back. Come on. I'm being responsible. He's being responsible. Everybody's responsible. But when you start taking your feelings, your most precious thoughts, and go, check this out, and just throw it to any old joker. Come on, y'all. Y'all don't want to talk to me. You're liable to break the most precious thing in your life. You need a confidant that you can trust. And by the way, God, God will put a, he'll do this. He'll put a confidant in your path. It's just that he wants to be the first one. So before I tell my problems to anybody or my situation to anybody, I go before my God. I'm bending knee and say, God, here's what's going on in my life. And he might tell me, son, don't tell nobody. Some things you just can't tell, folk. That's how Joseph almost got killed. Telling people dreams and people he thought he could trust. But they were not people he could trust. They sold him into slavery and left him for dead. And some of you have felt the sting and the pain of that. Enough of that nonsense. Church, I have found that you need to become the person you're looking for in your life. We've got so many people complaining about what they don't have. I don't have this, and I don't have that, and nobody loves me. Well, I'm going to tell you something. The reason why you don't have anybody love you is because you never show anybody love. I ain't got no friend. The reason why you ain't got no friends is because you don't know how to be a friend to somebody else. I thought I was talking to a Holy Ghost crowd here today. Because the Bible says whatever you sow is what you're going to reap. And if you sow hugs, you'll get hugs. You sow a smile, you'll get a smile. If you sow friendship, you'll get friendship back. I wish I could have somebody to talk to. Do you know there's 10 people in your life right now that are saying the same thing? Why don't you become the trusted confidant? that they can, If you don't lend an ear to them, how are they ever going to lend an ear to you? Amen. We can't keep complaining. When Job focused on his friends in the midst of his misery, in the midst of his problem, in the midst of the pain that he was going through, when he focused on his friends to be a friend to his friends, the Bible says in that moment he was healed. Selah. You know what Selah means? Pause and ponder. Wow. Maybe I'm more the problem than I think I am. I thought it was everybody else that were unkind, unloving, didn't care about nobody. Maybe that's me. Now, let me say this. Who you're connected to will not only affect the direction of your life, but it will also affect the greatest potential of your abilities. Whoever you're connected to is who you will become. So if you see traits and people in their life that are not becoming of the Lord and that are not good, you might not be able to hang out with them the way you have. 2018 maybe has this, but now you're in 2019 and you're stepping over into destiny in your life. Be 
because whoever you're connected to, linked to, tied to, is the direction of your life. Because you can't walk in two different You're going to be yoked one way or the other. It's either going to be equally or it's going to be unequally. Come on, somebody. you got to have the right people. There was no David, no King David, without a Samuel. No Elisha without an Elijah. No Joshua without a Moses. No Jacob without an Isaac. No Timothy without a Paul. No Jesus without a John the Baptist. I'll come back to that in just a moment. We all need somebody in this life to connect to. And I said it last week. I'll say it again. If you're the smartest person in the room, time to change rooms. Because you always got to get around others that have been there and where you've never been before to help get you. Is it comfortable? No, because you don't know their language. You feel kind of, oh, I'm out of place here. But at the same point, if, you'll just, if you just go through that process... Of saying, I'm uncomfortable. You'll learn so much. Amen. But don't leave the other room till you give them all you got. Amen. Relationships are not granted, folks. They're earned. We're commanded, the Bible says, to love one another. But we're not commanded to trust one another. Oh, we have to trust each other. We need to trust each other. We should be trusting one another. But that is an earned process. I can't just let you have everything about my life till I know a little bit more about your life. On the flip side of this issue, if you're unwilling to take the risk of trusting someone, you will find your life filled with a bunch of almost, almost made it. Almost a good father, but I couldn't trust a mentor to speak into my life. Almost a good mother, but couldn't trust other mothers to tell me some things. Almost a successful businessman or woman, but didn't trust a leader to truly train me. Almost a good husband or wife, but never trusted anyone to ask them a question. Almost a great ministry leader, but didn't trust the motives of the ministers to help me out. God has preordained that we must rely on each other in order to succeed. The God in us, you, are, you, you can't fully do your destiny, fulfill your destiny without fully trusting the people that God puts in your life. But that's a process. But church, I'm saying this because this year we have to find the right people because we are the body of Christ. And I want to say this to y'all. Thank God for the house of God. Thank God for the church. Thank God for faith bills. Why? Faith bills because why? Many members. I'm, you might be the eye. I might be the foot. We do different functions, but we need one another. Because whatever you see, you see it, but I'm the guy who's going to bring you there. We, we, we got we to gotta have each other. To, I don't care how big your vision is. It will never get accomplished without other people. And if you're always in the stage of not trusting, you can't accomplish that. But you need to go through the process of them giving them a little so they can earn some of that trust in your life. We are the body of Christ, the many-membered people coming together. And church, sometimes God will put you into situations where you have no choice but to trust someone. How many has ever been in that position? Uncomfortable. Didn't like it. 
But I, was, I had no other way. I had to trust him because it was the only thing that was offered to me. I'm like, Jesus, God, Holy Ghost, anybody? Is there somebody, I, anybody but them? Come on. I tell you. Um, the story about the two spies that, jo- that uh, Joshua sent in to spy out the city. And... Um, and I was Jericho, and he said, he said, send him in. He said, I'll bring back my report. So they go in, and news immediately spreads that these two spies are in town. And so they're looking for the spies, and they find that someone got word to them that they, he was, they were at a harlot's house by the name of Rahab. Now, I, I, I looked up that story just one more time this morning before I came out here. Just one more time. I, I, I don't know how they went to the harlot's house. I don't know what they were doing at the harlot's house. There's some speculation as why they were in the red light district at all. Wasn't there other places they could find out? I don't know. But they found themselves at the harlot's house. I don't know. The Bible says that's where they ended up. And she lived on the wall. And so they, they knew they, were, they found them. And they're going to Rahab's house. So she hid them on top of her roof and put these flax on top so they couldn't see. And, um, and she said, you stay here. And when they came, she lied and said, they're not here. Uh, they were, but they left. And, um, and now uh, if you go, uh, they left it yesterday. If you go, you probably can catch up with them and you could probably get them. So they believed her and they left and she told them what happened. And the first thing she said, said, look, I hid you. I spared your life, and I know your God. She said, we've heard of him. He split a Red Sea. We heard about that. He caused water to come out of a rock. We heard about that. He kept you comfortable in the middle of the night with a fire, a pillar of fire, and kept you cool in the middle of the day with a cloud by day. He kept you fed with this stuff called manna and quail, more you could possibly eat. And he said, we know, we know your God is powerful, and we know he takes what he wants, and if he wants this, he's going to get it. So therefore, I'm asking you, would you spare, because I spared you, would you spare me and my family? She knew she needed someone to help her get out of the situation she was going to find herself in. And watch what they say. They said, no, we won't do it. No, we won't until you swear an oath that you'll get us out of here safely and won't tell nobody about it. And if you do that, we'll make sure you'll hang a little red scarlet cloth outside the city wall. We'll know which one it is and we'll spare you and your family. And she said, yeah, but, I'm, I, but what about, I, I did this for you. Nope, we will not swear an oath till you swear, swear an oath first. In other words, they didn't trust each other. But they were put in a position where they had to. And, of course, it all worked out, somebody. In other words, God may call you to be with some people you think, why this person? They don't have the power to get me out of the situation. What's a harlot going to do to help me out of this situation? But God knew exactly what they needed to be connected to and networked with at the exact same moment. You might be surprised in 2019 who walks in your life. Church, sometimes God will put you in that place. Now, the word that I'm giving you this morning is not meant for you to get paranoid about the people in your lives or the family members. And that's not what I'm doing. I, I told you last week, don't throw anybody away. 
I'm saying you might not be able to just hang with them the way you have been. I simply want to point out to you, there's behavior issues of relationships here. The pitfalls, the misinterpretations of what's happening so that you can, you can trust. But you can trust, though, with your wide, eyes wide open knowing what's happening. Look, there are people who are no longer in this church. I just had a photograph, picture of people. This is like 15 years ago. All these people in this picture. And I could count, there's like 20 people, and I could count like four or five people that are still a part of this church. I kind of got sad. I thought, where are all these people at? There's so many people in this picture. They said, we're never going to leave you, Pastor. This is our church forever. You're our pastor. We love you. And, man, they left. They left. And that's okay. Some people needed to go. Some people shouldn't have went at all, though. And it makes me sad. I'm thinking, wow, what is this all about? Because some people don't understand how important it is to have the right people in your life. They always think they can do it alone. I don't need you. I don't need corporate fellowship. I don't need the church. I can go it alone. Find that in the Bible. It's just not there. That's why Jesus said, I will build my church. He didn't say, I'm 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 going to build you. He said, I'm going to build my church, the collective people coming together as one, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against them. If I was the devil, I'd come against you every day and say, don't go up that church. Don't go down there. Now all they want is your money. Ain't nobody like you anyways. They took your seat last week and took your parking space, and they know it's snowing outside. If I was the devil, I'd make sure that you felt uncomfortable every time you came so that you never actually became a part of a living organism called the church that Jesus died for. Because he knows the moment you get solidified, the moment you get connected, that's your power source. And the gates of hell can't prevail. Amen. There are stages that relationships must go through to develop mature and grow into that's why we have something called growth track if you're not a part of growth track get involved today get the information out in the foyer and you'll see it right there uh, in, the, in the middle of the lobby. You'll see it right there, the kiosk. And get that information and get signed up. It's the entry level to get into our church. But you get to know one another too. So we just had another class that went through. About 11 or 12 people, Pastor Nick said, that just went through. We didn't promote it as much last time. But, but we, we want to because we want you to be a part of the church. But also you get to know the people you're actually in the class with. It's a way to, to know the family. See, you have a family that's natural blood. That's wonderful. But this is a spiritual family too. And we need one another. And it's biblical and it's necessary for our lives. Everybody say, we need each other. Church, there are are more opportunities than ever before uh, to be social on something called social networks or social media, right? People are all the time on. That's good. But they've done studies that people are more lonely today in the last 10 years since the advent of social media than they've ever been before in their lifetimes. Why? Because it's not enough to do some texting back and forth. You need eye contact. You need hand contact. You need a hug. You need to look at somebody and know what they're saying to you with their eyes and their voice. Come on. We need that interconnection. Amen. God said it's not good for man to be alone. Why? Because he called us to be together. John chapter 1 verse 29 The next day John saw Jesus coming toward him and said, Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. 
This is he of whom I said, after me comes a man who is preferred before me, for he, has, uh, before he was before me. I did not know him, but that he should reveal to Israel. Therefore, I came baptizing with water, and John bore witness, saying, I saw the Spirit descending from heaven like a dove, and it remained upon him, speaking about Jesus, who happened to be his earthly cousin. For 30 years, Jesus walked the earth until he was called by God to go into the river Jordan to be baptized of John, his covenant, his, his cousin, in the river of, of Jordan to be baptized. Now, this is a powerful thing in itself, but we, we see no record of miracles whatsoever that Jesus did up until that point. All we know is that he's in the family business. He's a carpenter by trade. But one moment in time, God chooses to highlight him. But Jesus, watch me all. You need to get this. This is why we need others. And this is why we need mentors in our life too. Because Jesus didn't just jump from being baptized and going and just being baptized like a regular guy and going right into ministry or just going from ministry when God called him to it. No, he had to be recognized by some other person in this world. He had to be highlighted and he had to be mentioned under the inspiration of the Holy Ghost because there's no such thing as a self-appointed ministry. You've got to be highlighted by God through a man or another woman of God. This is There are no lone rangers. Everybody just doing what they want. You've got to come under authority. And let me just say something. Y'all live in America, you don't like to hear this kind of stuff because it's not our Western ways. But it's the truth of God's word. Just like I tell my kids, you do what I say because it's the right thing. You may not understand it, but I'm your father. I've got your best intentions in mind. There are spiritual fathers in the body of Christ that you need to come under that will help you, that will guide you, that will not hurt you. And I'm not controlling in the sense that for me, I don't care what you do. Well, should I get a puppy? Pastor, would you pray if I should get a puppy? Is that the will of God? I could care less if you get a puppy or not. What should his name be? I don't care. That's not my business. Your home life is your business. But when it comes to ministry, God has entrusted me to be able to do something called ministry. Therefore, it would behoove you to say, if it has to do with ministry, how should I go about this? Instead of saying, this is what God told me to do. Submit and say, what do you think God's saying in this? Some of you are not clapping because it's not your world. It's not where you're coming from. But for some people, that's a good thought. And, and when Jesus, well, I'm not going to get into that right now, but even Jesus was submitted to his mother and father. He said, I must be about my father's business. They said, you're going to come with us. Okay. He just went with them because that's the right thing to do. You submit to authority. All right, uh, Matthew chapter 11, verse 1 through 3. Now it came to pass when Jesus finished commanding his 12 disciples that he departed from there to teach and to preach in their cities. And when John had heard in prison about the works of Christ, he sent two of his disciples and said to him, Are you the coming one or do we look for another? Whoa, hold on. I thought John was the guy who said, Behold, Lamb of God takes away the sin of the world. That was the guy, right? But now he's in jail. You see, when you get isolated and you're all by yourself, I'm preaching real good. This might be too heavy for Sunday. Some of y'all understand what I'm saying. You know what I'm talking about. When you get all by yourself, all by yourself, your mind, come on, 
starts moving in an area of doubt like you've never had before. But boy, when you were in the rest of the crowd, you've heard God, there's a boldness that comes on you because you know there's the power of agreement with you, in your life around you. But when you're all by yourself fighting for your life in that isolation, you'll start doubting everything you thought was the truth. So again, if I'm the devil, I'm going to say, get out of church. Don't go to church. That's when your trouble begins. Amen. I know there's trouble in the church too. I know we got our stuff and we got to work on stuff. And I know there's hypocrisy. And I know there's things that people say that are offensive. And I get all that. So that's called human stuff, right? But it can't compare to the way the enemy will rake you over the coals when you're isolated. Matter of fact, isolation, if you're not careful, will bring offense. You'll get offended. <sighs> Notice how the seasons have changed in the life of Jesus and the life of John the Baptist. Jesus, who was really a nobody, now is commanding the crowds. And John, who was the somebody, is now alone in a prison cell. John could have been offended. And his offense could be that Jesus is now the big shot. He's on top of the world. And he didn't even, Jesus never even came by and said, hello, never came by to visit me. Some cousin he is, some Messiah he is. Ask him, is he the one, or do we look for another? His feelings could be the feelings of insecurity. I don't really matter. Nobody cares. Disrespect. I feel disrespected. I feel I'm not important. I'm a throwaway. He asked out of desperation, are you the one, or do we look for another and Jesus responds to him in Matthew 11 he answered and said to them go and tell John the things you hear and see the blind see and the lame walk the lepers are cleansed the deaf hear the dead are raised up and the poor have the gospel preached to them watch this and this seems like something that shouldn't even go here but here it is and blessed is he who was not offended because of me he was saying, here's the works that I do, but John, here's a personal message to you. Don't be offended of me. Jesus was saying, don't let what you think you've seen derail you from my relationship with you. Because my relationship with you, my connection to you, is a God-ordained purpose. And I need you just as much as you need me. Don't let a comparison spirit get on you and cause you to be offended with your brother or your sister with the very one that person could bring salvation to your life. Look at comparison as compare is sin. And that's all we do on social media. Oh yeah, yeah, you would get that. Oh, I guess you would have something like that. Oh, your wife is perfect. Come on. Am I telling the truth? And we're in comparison with other people that putting on social media a life that they don't actually live, but they want you to think they live. And if they do, God bless them. But my life isn't like that all the time. Amen. So compare is sin. Amen. I'm going to stop right there. And I'm going to say this. Church, 2019 is going to be required of us to come up higher.
than we ever have before. In every area of our lives, God has opened a window of opportunity for each and every one of us. We're all special. We're all unique. But this is not the Burger King religion. It's not have it your way. It's have it Yahweh. And whatever God says, God gets. And if you do it God's way, oh, my God, his favor, his blessing. He'll network you with the right people in your life. Who's ready for a new day in 2019? Come on.